What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode four of the Fire and High podcast. I'm Tyler Rodzinski. Thanks for stopping by. This is my final piece of my four-part positional series. Over the past three weeks, I've covered the quarterbacks, the running backs, and the wide receivers. This week, it's tight ends. I know it's not as exciting, but stay with me. I promise it'll be quick and packed with great information. As a reminder, I'm not just evaluating the player. I'm evaluating the player relative to his ADP or average draft position. I want good players at a good value. It doesn't always work out that way, but generally, that's the main goal. I'm pulling the ADP from Fantasy Pros using half-point PPR, or half-PPR, I should say. If you're interested in learning about my process, as in my deeper look into fantasy football in 2020, kind of the big picture stuff, go back and listen to my first three pods. The quarterback one's 12 minutes, the running back is 18, the wide receiver is 16. You can even turn it up a little bit and catch all of my targets and fades in under 35 minutes. Well, I guess 50 minutes including this pod, but you get all of my targets and fades for 2020 in under an hour. There's a lot of really fire content there and you get it in a pretty short time. So folks, if you generally grab my targets and generally ignore my fades, you'll be off to a great start. But enough of that, let's dive into my targets and fades. For the sake of the podcast, I'm assuming you're in a 12-man league. Regular tight end scoring, a.k.a. no tight end premium. My first target is going to be George Kittle. He's obviously tight end two, end of the second round. But I think the market is a little low on George Kittle, and I'm usually taking him at the start of the second round opposed to the end. Kittle saw a 23% target share in 2018 and a 26% target share in 2019. This is great. This is what we call an elite target share, even if you're a wide receiver. I expect this trend to continue because most of the healthy veteran air quotes wide receivers are hurt. All he really has is Kendrick Bourne right now. Debo Samuel's been out for months with a foot injury and he's likely out week one and the immediate future. I know it's not confirmed, but I'd bet on it considering the injury. And then first round rookie Brandon Ayuk was about to walk into quite an opportunity, but he recently went down with a hamstring injury. While it's not believed to be serious, for the rookie to already have a shortened offseason, a shortened summer program, what have you, and then no preseason games, and then miss whatever little practice time he had, the cards are stacked against him. Ayuk might contribute, but it's probably not going to happen in the first third to first half of the season. And then on top of that, second year wide receiver running back hybrid plus athlete Jalen Hurd goes down with an ACL tear. Now before all this, the injury to Hurd, the injury to Ayuk, the injury to Debo, Kittle was already the alpha guy. He's the primary passing target. And then you factor in this horrible strings of injuries, and he's in line for an absolutely massive year. I'll spare you the fun stats, the facts on Kittle. You don't need me to tell you how good George Kittle is. I project him to have the same target share as last year, 26%, and he still comes out as my tight end one. If you start at pick, say, 8, 9, 10 in the first round and don't like how the first round turns to the second, he's a great pick at the start of the second the ADP is a little low. I'd say four or five spots on him. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're only talking 24 picks, that four or five spots is substantial. He's going to absolutely eat. The 49th schedule out the gate is simple. Just, just draft Kittle. Don't look back. If you do miss on Kittle for some reason, grab Zach Ertz. He's tight end four ADP, but tight end three in my projections. Again, not a huge difference, but I still think the market's a bit low on him. There's nothing new about Zach Ertz, right? He doesn't necessarily do anything super flashy. He's just rock solid every year. He doesn't have those big, long touchdowns. He just catches a lot of balls, gets some red zone looks. Things are good. He does his job. The thing about him is he's had at least a 20% target share over the last three years. And over those three years, he's averaged 133 targets. Again, pretty elite. For 92 catches, 
967 yards and 7.5 TDs. That's his average of the last three years. He's also topped 800 yards for five years straight. This is literally what tight ends are made of, or I should say elite tight ends are made of. While someone takes Mark Andrews in the third ahead of Ertz, you can kind of laugh at them because you can just get Ertz in the fourth or even the fifth. I've seen him in the sixth and enjoy elite tight end all year. Ertz is the alpha in the Philly pass offense, which has all the signs of being borderline elite and looking at his wide receiver situation, similar in some ways to San Fran, you got an injured projected starter and general inexperience with the depth pieces. Ertz is being undervalued. Grab the guy. I just want to preface it again. I know you didn't tune into this podcast for me to tell you to draft Kittle Ertz. Again, it's about value. I'm saying they're being undervalued right now. The market's too low. This is probably the lowest I've seen Ertz in a while for absolutely no reason. Make sure you grab these two and you'll be good to go. Mike Gusecki is my next target. He's tight end 14 according to ADP, but he's my tight end 11. You'll sense a theme here, and that is tight end target share. Again, it's due to some other factors at the wide receiver position. I mean, Gusecki undoubtedly will be contending with Devontae Parker, who's finally showed us he has what it takes to perform at an elite level last year, and probably Preston Williams, who also had a great year, but towards ACL, he's coming off of that surgery. We're not sure how he's going to be to start the year. But with the opt-out of Hearns and Albert Wilson... Gasecki is in line to probably be third in the pecking order. Sorry to any Matt Breeder truthers. He's a plus-plus athlete. He destroyed the combine. And he finished 2019 pretty strong from weeks 8 to 16. He averaged 7 targets, 4 catches for 46 yards. And in those 8 games, he scored 5 touchdowns. He tends to line up outside, which means he doesn't get stuck asking to block that much. And there's a good chance we see the Dolphins pass the ball a lot in 2020. My projections favor them to finish in the top 12 or the top third of the league in pass attempts. I think there's a chance 100 targets could come Gusecki's way. He's being drafted as a high to mid-range tight end 2, and I think he's a smash low-end tight end 1. I know it's kind of funny to say, but I think he's tight end 1. He's a value. Grab the guy. My next target is Blake Jarwin, tight end 22 in his ADP, but he's my tight end 13. This is probably one of my more aggressive rankings, and that has a lot to do with the Dallas Cowboys offense. Forgive me for a moment as I fangirl the Dallas Cowboys offense first off team continuity everyone's coming back it's great the offense is looking good Kellen Moore crushed it last year fun fact Dallas Cowboys led the entire NFL in yards per game they ran the fifth most plays per game last year and they also feel the second quickest offense this offense is in line to absolutely crush in 2020 and then you look they got rid of Jason Garrett Randall Cobb Jason Witten these are all probably net positives you get rookie sensation coming in for Randall Cobb in the slot. And Jason Witten finished last year as a tight end 11. And he's not good. He's a dead runner. He's slow. And then you insert Blake Jarwin, who just got a big contract. Jarwin was 8th among tight ends in yards per route run last year. And 6th in yards per target last year. I feel people are understating Jarwin's role in this offense. Underprojecting. A lot of people have C.D. Lamb and Zeke ahead of him in the pecking order. I think at least one of them is going to be behind him, if not both. There's a world where he's got the third most targets behind Gallup and Amari. I think he has more upside than people give him credit for. If you miss on some of those elite guys early, just wait a long time and grab Blake Jarwin at the end of your draft. Another player you can grab that later, even a little bit later, is Chris Herndon. Tight end 27, my tight end 16. Herndon showed some serious promise in 2018, finishing with 500 yards as a rookie. That has only happened five times since 2015 with George Gittle, Mark Andrews, Ingram, and Fant. Injury derailed his 2019, and now recency bias is driving him way to the depths of ADP in 2020. Besides being a talented tight end, there's very little target competition on the Jets outside of Jameson Crowder. 
He's the most tenured pass catcher Darnold has besides Jamison Crowder. I have every reason to believe that he's going to be second on the team in targets. I also believe there's going to be a lot of work in the short pass game on the Jets. The Jets have a bottom five offensive line, and Darnold's probably going to have to get rid of the ball pretty quickly. That's going to be Jamison Crowder and Herndon. I just really like his spot at wide receiver 27. You can get him in the 15th round, the 14th round, what have you. And I think he has that top 12 upside that you're looking for that late, just based on the fact that he could be second in the team in targets. Let's move into the fades. First up, Darren Waller. Waller will be probably the biggest fantasy bust, period, in my opinion, with his fifth round, fifth tight end off the board price. Waller enjoyed a rather large team market share in targets, 24%, and in team yards, 28% in 2019. Neither of those is likely going to be repeatable with the offseason additions. They took Henry Ruggs, the first wide receiver, off the board. And then they also grabbed Brian Edwards, who's looking like he might actually be a starter. So there's two rookies that are going to be probably playing some football, serious football, and getting a lot of targets. And then you look at Hunter Renfro. He finished the season pretty strong. They also signed Jason Witten. I know I was just making fun of Jason Witten for being a dad runner, but they didn't sign him to ride the bench the whole time. Obviously, Waller's going to start over him, but I still think some looks are going to go Witten's way. While Waller is undoubtedly athletic and skilled enough to finish in the top 12, his opportunity in this Raiders offense is going to take a hit. Drafting him at tight end 5 is drafting him at his ceiling. I am passing. My next fade is Tyler Higby. I actually roster Higby in a few leagues, but the tight end 7 price is just way too high. He obviously broke out down the stretch. He showed he has top 5 upside, arguably top 3 upside. Though, this elite stretch was against pretty terrible opponents against the tight end. Obviously, there's more to that story. That's a bit oversimplified, but it, I'm just not as impressed as others are, I guess. Higby's productivity also coincided with other the other tight end, Gerald Everett. He got hurt. But prior to that, Everett was the actual starter and was decently productive. I see a world where Higby takes some looks from Everett. Hell, Higby can even out-target Everett, but I still think Everett being a factor caps Higby's upside. I love Higby. If he was in that Gusecki range, say tight end 15, 16, maybe even 14, I'd take a shot in Higby. But this is just way too high. Just pass Higby. My next fade is Hunter Henry. You know, durability remains a concern. He's missed nearly as many games at 22 as he's played at 26 over the last three seasons. But injury hasn't stopped me before. What really concerns me is the lack of upside. The Chargers will likely pass the ball 150 less times with Tyrod Taylor under center compared to the gunslinging Phillip Rivers. The pass by just got that much smaller. Mike Williams did just go down with a shoulder injury, so I've moved Henry a little bit up my ranks, but with an ADP of 6, I'll pass. I hope he has a great year. He's always been a talented guy. I'm fine being a year late on Hunter Henry. My next pass is going to be Janu Smith. Again, plus athlete, elite after the catch speed, but I'm factoring in some TD regression for the Titans, and they're going to be running the ball a lot, like bottom three in the league in passing. The passing pie is just too small in Tennessee, and if a world exists even when he's second in the team in targets, which is very possible, I still don't love the guy. If you ask me, hey Tyler, what team will have the fewest pass attempts in 2020? I'd tell you, the Titans. John is a great tight end, he's just in an awful situation as a pass catcher, I'll take my shots at tight end elsewhere where I know there's going to be some volume. My last avoid is going to be Rob Gronkowski at his tight end 10 price. You know, it's fun to like Brady and Gronk. It's a great connection, a historical connection. And it's in in a new place. It's in Tampa Bay. But I think it's fool's gold in 2020. You know, Mike Evans and Godwin are NFL's best wide receiver duo. And they're going to command quite a large share of Brady's passes. And O.J. Howard and Cameron Brake still exist. 
probably can't have made it a little more in the end zone, but I still would argue that that hurts Gronk. Gronk is likely going to be decent. I think there's a chance he finishes maybe even at the tight end 10 price, but I don't think he can go much beyond tight end 10 with Howard and Bray in the picture. I also am not 100% convinced that Gronk still has what it takes to be elite. I know we saw him as a great blocker, but he definitely has slowed down a bit. Maybe the year off helped, but either way, I just don't like the opportunity. There's two other tight ends that are capable there and two elite wide receivers. And I also don't have total trust in Tom Brady at 43. Too many things are adding up to make me just pass on Gronk in 2020. That is going to be my tight end targets and tight end fades. Just to give you a quick review, my targets, Kittle, Ertz, Gusecki, Blake Jarwin, Chris Herndon, Fades, Darren Waller, Higby, Henry, Janu Smith, and Gronk. The theme there is just avoid that middle range of tight ends. Historically, it's not been good. So if you're not taking one of those elite three or four guys at the top, wait till the end to draft your tight end. You can find me on Twitter at FFTylerO. That's FFTylerO. I'd love to hear what you think about these pods. I'm doing everything I can to help you win those championships. That's all I got today, folks. Don't forget, tell somebody you love them. Later.